This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. Here we are at the Humerian Health Podcast with Dr. Sean Benzinger and myself, Amy Baker, and we are joined today by Lorian Clemens, who is the Vice President of Marketing and Operations at Pet Hub. Thanks, Lorian, for joining us. I am excited to draw you. Really excited, actually. Yeah. We are very excited to learn more about Pet Hub and all the things that you are doing to help people keep their pets safe. So maybe just start out by giving our listeners kind of the the 101 on Pet Hub. Yeah, I'd love to. So Pet Hub is a powerful, really centralized place online for responsible pet parents to come in and do a lot of different things to help protect, share, uh, and nurture their animals' lives. The core of what Pet Hub is all about is a free online profile that can hold a wealth of information about all aspects of their pet's care. And it all links to a suite of identification products and a bunch of optional lost pet recovery tools uh, to help a pet uh, get home should they ever get lost. Ah, oh, perfect. Wonderful. Love that. Red carpet treatment for the pet. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Yeah. We want to keep them safe and at home. Well, and, yeah. and, and frankly, nothing is, is harder to see than to see that sad picture of the dog and the girl that's holding the dog that lost the dog at the local grocery store, and it's so frequent. Yeah, and and cats oh, yeah. too. It I'm, I'm sure you're handling that too. But yeah. um, just well, tell cats us a little... are even more scary than dogs, as far as like how hard it is to get them home. Oh, so yeah. yeah, definitely cats are part of it. Okay, yeah. that's great. Well, it sounds like because this is really being done for the Pet Loss Prevention Month uh, that we're yeah. featuring you guys within. So we really, really appreciate you taking the time because it, from everything that we investigated, it seems like you have one of the most total uh, packages of teaching and explanation and uh, wellness care. I'm glad you brought up Lost Pet Prevention Month. It's uh, really important for us, obviously, here at Pet Hub. We created it, actually, in July of 2014. And it was um, created to give pet parents a really focused, in-depth resource and tools and strategies for preventing their pets from ever getting lost, as well as advice to help them get home should they ever go missing. Or we call it AWOL, Ask Them Without a Leash. <laughs> and because it's really... I like that. It's, it's a big problem. Well, yeah, it's a big problem because... According to the National Council of Pet Population Study and Policy and the National Humane Society, um, as many as as much as one pet goes missing every two seconds in North America. And the American Humane Association uh, uh, um, estimates that more than 10 million pets are lost every year, and one out of three pets is lost in their lifetime. I mean, that's wow. a devastating that is. Um, statistics. And we decided to focus in July on this on this issue because it's, it's really actually a perfect sign. Number one, July 5th is historically the busiest day in shelters due to pets that were displaced because of fear of fireworks and large mm. celebrations that are outside. Makes mm-hmm. sense. And, yeah, and also, you know, summer travel, big, big time, full swing time of year where people are out, they're camping, they're in and out all the time, kids are home from school, doors get left open, that kind of thing. Lots of pets situations greatly increased in the summer situation. So we thought that July was the best time to really focus on it. That makes a lot of sense. Well, we're hoping today you can share with us a little bit of the wisdom that you offer the pet parents that you work with regarding sort of best practices and stuff. And so, I mean, I guess along those lines, do you have sort of recommendations around the types of, say, like pet identification that is the best choice for pet parents? Absolutely. Actually, pet identification is the core of preventing a pet from getting being lost very long. 
um, because the only way a child can get home is if they can be properly identified so that they can be reunited. So we recommend that pet parents think of pet identification as like a stool or a chair. It needs to have at least three solid legs, better yet four. Um, so first and foremost, the most important leg is going to be an external ID tag. If you do nothing else, have mm. a solid external ID tag, tag on a pet's collar at all times. It needs to be durable. It needs to be easy to read. It needs to be current with emergency contact information. Uh, obviously, because PetHub is a digital ID tag company, we recommend a digital ID tag. There are so many benefits to having a digital versus a standard old-fashioned ID tag because, you know, a standard old-fashioned ID tag only can have one or two pieces of information, whereas a digital ID tag, like a PetHub tag, can hold unlimited information that you can update at any time. So I've literally been in Chicago O'Hare Airport and updating it to my pet sitter's name to the top of the list. Oh, nice. Yeah, very, that kind of thing can smart. happen with digital. Yeah, it can't happen with a pad. You have to take down and get etched at the local store. Right. But that's just one leg of this tool. There are two other things that we recommend. A pet license, or and in some cities that's going to be a rabies tag, and a microchip. So let's start with pet licensing and rabies tag. In some communities, like I said, it's the same thing. Um, and some communities, it's actually two separate tags. But they are critically important because, number one, it's protecting you and your pet legally. There are municipalities that actually have laws about lost pets that mean, you know, hey, if I lose my pet, I'm going to get a fine, and they might actually be in quote-unquote doggy jail until I pay it. Oh, wow. But also, and, and it depends on where you live. That's not true in all communities, but it's certainly true in several communities, in, in many communities. Another thing is, when you have your pet license, it lets authorities know, hey, my pet's current with their rabies vaccination, mm-hmm. which is key for, for public health. And in a lot of places, one of, one of the things that goes on all over the country is the exciting thing that animal control will actually give your pet a free ride, ride home if they're licensed. Really? So it's, it's a really fast way. Yeah, and additionally, all communities all over the nation do this as, you know, basically as a benefit to licensing your pet. And we can talk about all the other reasons that we have time why you should license your pet. But it's the identification part and getting them home quickly is cool. And there's a ton of municipalities that are working with companies like Pet Hub to actually bring digital identification into their systems, which is giving that really powerful identification tool um, into pet licensing, which is so key. But the other thing, obviously, and the thing that people think about the most is a microchip. Mm-hmm. Now, it is the ultimate safety net of pet identification because if the collar or the tag falls off, microchips are one of the few ways that pets can be positively identified and then reunited with their families. It's a relatively permanent ID. It's not always permanent, and that's important to know. And it's something that, um, you know, veterinarians and shelters across the nation are going to, to, to recommend, if not require, in certain municipalities that a pet have for identification. There's another stool leg or chair leg, as it were, that uh, some people use. It's not necessarily something that people immediately think about, but it's definitely out there, and it has been known to help pets get home, and that's tattooing. Um, it's something that goes on the inner back side of the pet. Now, clearly, there are some drawbacks. Tattoos wear and fade over time, so you actually have to, to you know, get it re-filled um, in every few years. And there's a pain factor, which frankly turns off a lot of people. Yeah. But there's a lot of show dogs and service dogs who get their animals tattooed as permanent IDs because they're so often without a collar because of the different things that they're having to do for their mm. job. It's a good idea. Um, that, that having that permanent ID as a tattoo is, is something that they do. Gotcha. And so are there any um, gotchas or misconceptions that folks should know about microchipping? Like you said, it's maybe not always permanent. I mean, what's the... Kind of yeah. On that. Yeah. So it, the thing that I that I hear over and over again, and it's 
very frustrating is when I hear parents say, oh, I don't need an ID tag. I don't need to have him wear a collar. He's like a kid. He doesn't need that. And, oh, that's nothing frustrates me more. And it breaks my heart a little bit because they're not foolproof. They're not guaranteed. How many stories have we heard about animals that are getting home months and even years? And they're always like these big feel-good stories about, oh, my gosh, eight years later, the kitty cat got home. And I don't look at that as a feel-good story. I look at that as a devastating story because at least two families are probably upset about this. The family sure. that first lost that kitty cat and that had eight years of wondering what happened to him. And then the family that had adopted him and thought that this was going to be their forever pet. And now you've got two families that want to have that pet in their lives. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, it's like I want an identification that's going to get my pet home in hours or at worst days. And I, the happy stories are great. And honestly, when the collar or the tag falls off, you want that microchip to be working. Sure, There's a couple absolutely. reasons why it doesn't work. Um, first of all, a lot of people don't know, especially non-pet people, and that's about 40%, even higher in certain communities, don't even know that ID, that microchips are inside of dogs because they've never had a pet. They don't know that that's even a thing. They don't know if they found a pet so that they have to take it to a shelter or that to be scanned. Hmm. Then if you get a person who does know I need to take the pet in to be uh, scanned, there's a couple reasons why they might, why they might not. A, they may be busy and not have time. So think, I'll just, I'll just do it tomorrow. That's a full day where you have no idea where your pet is and they may be keeping them in their backyard. They might not want to take it to a local shelter because in some communities, there is a misconception, an assumption that um, taking a pet to the shelter is going to mean that pet's going to be euthanized. And mm. it's, a, it's uh, a really unfortunate misconception, but it is definitely out there. And then the other thing is, and this is something that a lot of people don't know, there are multiple frequencies on the RFID chips that are inside of a microchip. Now, this has been a known industry issue for years and years. But the problem is not all vets and shelters actually have the universal scanners that can read all brands of chips. They're rather expensive. More and more are getting them, but there are still some that don't have them. We were actually at a conference last week in Texas where two different shelter teams were lamenting about the fact that they have multiple scanners in their facility and that they still have times where they'll scan and they can see that there's a chip there. But the scanners that they have won't give them the information read that they need to know to be able to figure out who it's registered to. Oh, wow. So that's a, that's a, and that's been going on for years and years. And the industry itself is trying to rectify that, but it is a problem. And then to top it all off, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to think that a microchip is some sort of a GPS or a low jack inside the dog. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> I, I literally had this conversation. We're like, well, can't I just get on my phone and see where he is? He's got a microchip. It's like, oh, look, it's the size of a grain of rice. It doesn't have room for a battery. Would you want a battery that was powerful enough to read GPS signals inside your dog anyway? <laughs> no. and, <laughs> and in reality, it is a tiny little chip that holds a very short string of data that's just a couple characters long. And it has to be read by that compatible scanner. And then once the data is captured, it has to be called into one of the mini registries or entered into the online registries. And then they have to keep their fingers crossed, the vet or the shelter doing the scanning, that it's actually up to date. Because here's a statistic that is really daunting. And this is from the microchip industry. As high as 52% of microchips are not up to date or even registered to the owner. Wow. So though it's a critical tool, it is a critical tool. It is that ultimate safety net. It's not foolproof, and you should never rely on it as the sole means of getting your pet home. You know, I'm I'm a little bit happy to hear about that it's not something that 
because I'm sure that will finally make it so my wife is not going to put one of those in me and track me everywhere. Because <laughs> I now I know I've got good reason to rationally say you're. I, I really oh, she don't already put something in like to track that. you, so it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, so yeah. it sounds yeah, it sounds like one of the mistakes that pet parents might make is they get their dog microchip, but they don't sort of follow through or keep it current. Yeah, yeah. But are there point. other things that you would see commonly that are mistakes that pet parents are making with the pet identification? Yeah, um, obviously keeping it up to date. Um, and it's harder, too, when the, the microchip is out of sight, out of mind. And depending on who your microchip is with, they might actually charge you money if you change the information, or they might change you money to keep the uh, online profile going. Uh, so that's problematic. There are some free places uh, online, like soundanimals.org uh, is a free microchip registry that's really easy to use. And, and um, it doesn't matter what microchip company your microchip is through. You can go on there and update that at any time. Um, the other thing is, is um, you, you know, relying again on the standard old-fashioned uh, tags. The, the engraved metal ones are particularly problematic. They wear out over time, especially if you've got a rambunctious dog who's always outside doing lots of stuff. Um, and at best, they can hold two emergency contacts. And I don't know about you, but I don't have my phone on at all times. I go on vacation. I certainly don't have my phone with me. If I go out of the country, my phone doesn't even work. So relying on those old-fashioned um, identification products that don't, that don't really fit into our modern lifestyle of being completely mobile and on the go and having multiple people touching our pets' care, um, I'm a little short-sighted in my um, in estimation. But I would say that if you insist on, like, forget it, all I need is an X-Metal ID tag. I don't need anything more. He doesn't need anything fancy. Fine. Okay. Then please don't put your home phone number on it. Please put a mobile phone that you are most likely to have with you at all times, mm, and save a line. Yeah, save a line for the home address, because they may not be able to get a home get a hold of you. But if they at least have your home address, they'll be able to get them closer to you. Gotcha. Um, and and it's 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 worthless to have your home phone on a tag if you're actively out looking for the pet because you're not going to be there when the phone call comes in. Sure, makes sense. Um, yeah, and the other thing I would just add is don't ever let your dog or cat go around naked. I know a lot of people don't put collars on their cats. My biggest recommendation to cat parents is the moment you get your cat, hopefully when they're a little little guys and they can easily get used to it, train them to love their collar. Train them to feel wrong when their collar is not on. My dogs, when they pick up the collar, we, we get in the bath, pick up the collar. One of my dogs actually is, like, worried. And the second the bath is over and I hang up, I pull out the collar, she's right there, like, put it on me, put it on me, put it on me. Aww. You want them to feel so comfortable in that ID that it is a second part of their skin because that's the best way of having that external ID at all times. You never know what's going to happen. It, you know, a natural disaster, uh, you know, somebody comes into your house unexpected and leaves the door open because they don't realize you have a pet. Like, all kinds of things can happen that you would never imagine and I don't, can't tell you how many pet up stories we, we, we get from people that are finally missing pet report, and they're like, she never got out before. I had no idea that this event would ever happen. Yeah. Nobody does. Yeah. Nobody yeah. expects yeah, their pet to run out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, and it, what we liked, and the reason why we called you for the uh, Pet Loss Prevention Month um, was because Pet Hub does a lot of education and work in this area, way beyond their own product. Uh, which uh, mm -hmm. we appreciate that um, you're doing it for the right reasons, and that's the type of people we're looking for. So, But at this point, I think it's also appropriate that you would spend a little bit of time on uh, Pet Hub and some of the advances and uh, some of the specialty mm -hmm. items that you folks have put, poured so much time and money into for the safety of the animals, and we'd like to hear some of those. Sure, oh, sure. 
So let me give you kind of like the, the hit to highlight of what Pet Hub makes so special. It makes it so special. So first is the online profile. It can have multiple emergency contacts. All the pets vaccinations, not just your rabies, can go on that uh, profile. You can put in medications, conditions, surgeries, allergies, pet food, you name it. All of it can go on the pet profile and be surfaced at any time. You have full control over what is available privately or publicly. If my pet goes missing, especially if my pet has a medical condition, I want to surface that information so that, God forbid, she has to spend a night in the shelter. They at least know she's blind in one eye. She has to have this heart medication. And oh, by the way, she's got canine cognitive dysfunction, so she might actually not know what's going on. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Kind of thing. And that's important because she does wander off now that she's gotten older. That wasn't a problem before, but it is now. So with a pack on my tag, all of that information can be accessed if I, if I want it to be accessed via her ID tag. It can also be accessed via her crate card. We have a product that's called a ready kit, and we sell the product inside of the ready kit individually or all together for a discount. But one of them is a crate card. It goes on the outside of her travel crate. When I'm traveling and taking her with me, it's, it's on the outside. Great. Nobody has to actually reach inside the crate and look at her tag to get her information. They can just scan the outside of the crate. If I ever had a shelter situation where there was a, a flood or a tornado or out here we have wildfires um, pretty much every year and we had to take her to a shelter, that would give the shelter folks the information that they needed to know where I was because I could update it on my phone to let them know, hey, I've moved to a different hotel or what have you. Oh, okay. uh, there's also a wallet card that goes to the same profile. It says my pet's home alone. So if I'm in a car accident or I have a heart attack or something and I'm incapacitated, it lets first responders know that I'm home. And all of it links into that central core, the hub uh, of Pet Hub. And from there, I can, uh, there's a 24-7 call center around the clock that's free to, to me as a pet parent where people are there ready to help me, help my pet get home should they be found. I can pay a couple of dollars a month if I want to upgrade to the premium, and I get to do things like send out a shelter and community alert in a 50-mile radius to all the shelters and the pet care centers in, in a 50-mile radius of where my pet was lost. It's kind of like Amber Alert for a pet. Yeah, mm-hmm. wonderful. wonderful I, also get, I can also create a virtual lost pet poster and share it out to my entire social media network and send emails to my neighbors. I can uh, print out that poster and hang it around town. And because I took the time to set up my pet's profile when I was calm and I could take cute, cute pictures and really think through all of her medical issues and everything like that, and, and it was all, it's all there ready for me, if that panic moment happens where she goes missing, in 10 minutes, I can do all of that stuff, print out my lost pet posters and start putting them up. And it's all been done for me because I took the time to set up the pet profile ahead of time. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, the worst part of it is I don't know that humans have this kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, most times they, no. they don't ever sit down and actually do this. It, it actually forces you to look at your, your animal and actually detail everything. And we don't even do yeah. that personally. I mean, it's it, that, that's awful, isn't it? We just have no idea. Anyhow. Well, it is. And, and, and preparation is our big thing. So you mentioned that we do things other than just, you know, related to our tags. We have, uh, if folks want to go to lostpetprevention.com, uh, it, it goes to our website, but it's an easy thing to remember. We have on there how to create a, an emergency grab-and-go kit if there's a natural disaster. Mm. So if you live in a place that's prone to tornadoes or hurricanes or earthquakes or anything like that, that's a key thing to have. There's a, there's a, a form, that, uh, there's a little um, worksheet that you could fill out on, if I'm going to have a, a house fire, how do I take care of my pets? Just to help you think through these things mm. uh, as, as they happen. 
as well as like the common scenarios that pets get lost and how to prevent those when you're traveling, when you're hiking, when you're camping, you name it. Like, we help, help you think through those situations. So if you've got a camping trip coming up, go to lostpetprevention.com. We have a whole thing about making sure that pets stay safe outdoors so that they don't get lost. And so help you think through it. And a lot of it has nothing to do with our tags. Obviously, ID tags are a key part of what we do. But it's other things, too, like Houdini-proofing your campground. How are you going to do that? I know some people that would like to Houdini proof their backyard. <laughs> Much less oh, that's key. That's yeah. key. Yeah. If you uh, have people actually, I know, it's, I know it's the summer, but if you have people that live in places that get a lot of snow, one of the things that we happen every single winter is places get a big snowstorm and the dogs scrambled up the snowbank that piled yep. up next to the fence and sure. jumped over. Yeah. Sure. I mean, those kind of things that you can start thinking and Houdini proofing your yard. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, great thought process. But I, I think you need to be teaching the medical side of this uh, for humans at the same time and, <laughs> and chipping those that um, the, 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 their wife can convince them to be chipped. And um, I think that'd be um, probably advisable. <laughs> hey, I do have one question. How long does the chip last? I mean, how long is it readable? The, the, the tag? The yeah, tag? Microchip. No, the chip itself. The microchip. Well, microchips itself, for the most part, is, is for the lifetime of the pet. I mean, I, I actually, the only wow. stories that I have heard maybe of anecdotal um, of, of chips not working, and I'll tell you the, 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 the times that, that we have heard of chips not working, and these are usually reported to us by our pet parents who are part of our pet hub pack. Either it was a chip that had a requirement of paying like a yearly fee to keep it, quote, up to date, and so if the pet parent didn't keep that um, yearly fee going and then it gets scanned, it's going to show, yeah, this is registered, but we're not going to give you the information. So in that Jeez. case, it doesn't work. Wow. Um, there's also uh, reports that, that you hear quite often, actually, of the chips migrating within the body. Mm-hmm. So um, it might actually migrate down the shoulder or even the leg. Um, we actually have uh, one of our um, folks that works here. Um, her dog got into a scuffle with another dog, and the other dog actually bit the back of the dog's back and bit the microchip out of it. And oh, they didn't know until after gosh. surgery was done and the dog was already healed. And then when they went back in to do, a, um, you know, stuff that the vet actually said, I wonder, because this is right where the chip would have been. And sure enough, the chip was gone. Oh, so, wow. you know. That's crazy. It, it, so, but, but I would say, I mean, I haven't heard of any mechanical failures per se about okay. microchips. Mm-hmm. It, it's more about um, the process that surrounds microchips not working everything has to go right you know right, in order right, right. for that microchip to work and Makes it usually sense. does i mean we have we have we have tons and tons of cases where the chip got the pet home like it was supposed to the problem is you've got to make sure that you've done everything you can that if those it didn't do everything it was supposed to not the chip itself but basically the humans <laughs> trying to use the chip haven't done everything that they were supposed to have you done everything that you can to make that not a problem yep. yeah agreed sure. agreed um anything else Oh, I've got questions? lots of questions, but we're almost out of time. <laughs> yeah, we really are. Darn we it. Really are. But no, we thank you for I taking time. I know there's time. so much. I could go on forever. Yeah, no, well, good. and the good it's news good. is is Pet Hub is such a great resource. I know there's lots more information out there for our listeners to yeah, kind go of go to their website. And, and it's fabulous. And, We've looked it over, and it's it's a lot of information. And, and you know, they're doing it right, and they're doing it for the yeah. right reasons. So we really, really appreciate that. So Pet Loss Prevention Month has been served very well by having you on, Lorian, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you as well. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger. Humarian Health Podcast.
filling our guts. For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com. Thank you.